0: Welcome to the Dope Black Women podcast. Each week, you'll hear the stories and experiences of Black women from all over the world. I'm Leanne Levers, and in this episode, I'm speaking with media mogul, Odessa Chambers. So we are back for another episode of the Dope Black Women podcast, and I am very excited because I have a guest with me today who I feel like has walked in the steps that or has made the steps that I am currently making in a certain way. But those of you who don't know, I recently moved back to Jamaica, and I'm kind of navigating the process of moving home. I think I've been here for almost a year now. And I am joined by Odessa Chambers, who is going to introduce herself herself properly, clearly. Clearly, uh, So actually, one of the questions that we always ask our guests to begin with before we get into the, like nitty gritty is, who are you? So introduce yourself. And what makes you a dope Black woman? I am
1: Odessa Chambers, aka Oblessa, oh, aka, uh, I don't have any more AKAs. I'm just chatting crap because <laughs> I'm drinking. Uh, <laughs> I am... <laughs> Born in England, uh, big up to all my UK massive that are listening, um, grew up in Jamaica and also New York City, big up to all the New York people that are listening as well. Um, mm-hmm. I am an entertainment executive, that's what I would call myself because I'm in all areas of entertainment, being uh, working with record companies uh, such as Island Records, working with 21 Entertainment Group. Uh, and then um, moving into the media sphere, I call myself a media maven. I've worked in all aspects of media, put it that way, from radio, television, and film. Uh, I produce and uh, I'm an all-round creator and a podcaster as well, which is the newest yeah. thing that I'm doing and enjoying a lot. I'm, I'm, I don't have as much, it's tedious, but I'm enjoying it at the same yeah. time, uh, yeah. And what makes me dope, um I think what makes me dope the most is that I am always true to myself I am Mm -hmm. what you see on social media what you meet me I'm the same person and I am dope because I have dope parents as well so I think that's what's molded me into who I
0: am today yeah Yeah, I mean one of the things (laughs) that I'm gonna tell this story about how I met you which you might not remember but um you know even just kind of coming back and forth between Jamaica and England when I was uh, living in England at a time I would come back and forth and I, incidentally even though I'm I guess you would call me an academic I surround myself with creative friends like my friends mm-hmm. are largely in creative industry one of whom is a really good friend of mine she's a fashion stylist um, slash creative director and we were at a gathering at her house and you came and I had known about you just kind of like as you said you are kind of a curator of all things art and creative so I had heard about you before and my girlfriend is really good friends with you as well and mm. I had made some guacamole for that party. Oh, listen, <laughs> You're just like, you've taken me back now. <laughs> And you were like, oh, my God, this guacamole is so amazing. And I was like, oh, my God, Odessa loves my guac. No, it was so, <laughs> so good. <amazing. laughs> you're actually giving me back. And now that
1: you're here, you need to make some guac for me because, yo, that guac was. And we weren't high. No, <laughs> like put it in we listeners weren't high. Think. It was, it was, we weren't drunk <laughs> yet. drunk. I don't know a little, Perhaps, a little bit whoa. but it was but it was so good it was
0: so good I remember big up Fidge all day yeah, every big day big up to Fiji all day every day <laughs> and I've always heard about you as being involved in the creative industry and really kind of handling yourself like a proper boss you know I think even within the context of creativity the creative world where um, there are more women involved you still rarely see women standing alone and doing it kind of on their own. And you've managed to put yourself in a position where people respect you. You command that level of respect. People go to you for advice. They, they trust your opinion. Um, and I don't know if you have a creative background yourself. So how did you kind of fall into that in general? Like how did you, my, were my you with creativity? Yeah, my, my
1: parents are creative. So my mom is a filmmaker. Um, Amazing. And my dad, obviously, I don't know if everybody knows, my dad is Jimmy Cliff, so it's full on creative. But um, I've always wanted, I've, it's just a part of me. I've always been that type of child and that kind of girl. And I've always known exactly what I wanted to do in, in the creatives. So it's in me it's always been in me from my, my my mother who I call my Oracle and my dad who's who's one of my inspirations as well um, I like all aspects of, of it I've, I, you know I grew up going to galleries in the UK and in in, in London in, in New York I grew up um, going to dance my mother made sure it was important for myself and my brother to to be involved in all areas of creative and, and mm. to, to, to get all of that knowledge and suck it in it
0: it's something that she grew up with and it's something that she installed into my brother and I I wanted you to bring that up organically um mm-hmm. your dad being Jimmy Cliff and I didn't know your mom was a filmmaker either actually mm-hmm. so that's interesting to know that two creatives created this, this yeah band, this person this human being but yeah. um what, what is that like? I mean, Jimmy Cliff is a world icon. You know, some people can say, oh, my dad was a Jamaican legend or my dad was big in the UK. But your dad is big everywhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's um, actually
0: very, very normal for, for
1: my siblings and I. It's not like I, I, I think I did an interview years ago when I realized my dad was famous, which was when he came to pick me up at school. And I went to a private school, but I was still Probably like, we were talking about that today. Like I was probably there was only four black girls in the school where I went mm. to stretch Hill and like, Clapham high school.
0: Oh, and my wow. dad came to
1: pick me up in a Bentley, but I didn't know, like with a driver. Mm. And all the parents came around and was just like gassed. And I just stepped in the car. I was like, okay, daddy's picking me up with some dude yeah. in the front. I it still didn't really click until I realized, until the next day I went to school and everybody were like, oh my God, your dad is this and your dad is that and blah, blah, blah. Cause it's it's normal for me, even in Jamaica, you know, your dad is famous. And we drive around my brothers and sisters and then Barlow, Jimmy and him, yeah, and everything. But to me, it was just normal because I had a normal upbringing. It wasn't like how Hollywood, you know, and that glam life and, and that kind of thing. I've had privilege and I'm not gonna lie but
0: it was still fairly normal I mean is there a drawback to having a famous dad like or a famous mom people who are parents who are in the creative industry did you feel like the pressure of legacy there are so many times when I see parents or children famous or not especially in Jamaica for some reason following and I'm a victim of this as well, in terms of mm-hmm. feeling the pressure to not necessarily follow in your parents' footsteps, but maintain the legacy that came before you. Do you feel that pressure or is it something that just organically mm-hmm. comes? Do you even want to maintain that legacy? Is it just your own lane? It's just my own
1: lane. I mean, I'm consi- my dad said to me about a month and a half ago, one thing about me he goes, Odessa, one thing about you. You're consistent. You say mm-hmm. you're going to do something and you've always stuck to what you wanted to do. And that's one thing I respect about you. And I was like, Whoa. that's nice <laughs> to hear you dad say that. He doesn't really, yeah. He doesn't really <laughs> say those things that much, but that was, that was something. So no, I don't feel, I don't feel any pressure. I just do what I know I'm good at and i and what I'm comfortable in. And right now I'm just wanting some more ass
0: money. that's it (laughs) I'm balling that every day dude I'm like you know I love what I do I really I love what what I I do more money (laughs) yeah
1: give I give thanks I do what I love and I give thanks you know but sometimes I'm like my friend was talking like Odessa don't you feel sometimes because you're in broadband but you're working with people in in dial-up Mm. Oh, Jesus merciful yes. father God you hit it right on the nail That is the perfect <laughs> metaphor. you hit it right on the nail I am broadband and they dial up some of these people <laughs> and you can't you just you just it's it's that's the only thing I find frustrating because I my mind is always rushing and, and moving 100 miles an hour mm-hmm. and people are just like I would trying to mold or trying to uh, mentor some people around me and I'm like it's just simple it's a one-two and then I have to hold back and say yo Odessa not it everybody not thinks enough. like you it's not a one-two for you it's a one-two for you but not for them yeah. but I'm trying to when I try to train and groom people in Jamaica young people I'm like you've got to step up to the levels of what is happening outside of Jamaica mm-hmm. because you can't move like this you you you've got to follow up like somebody today just said yo Odessa um whatsapping me i said send me a fucking email just send me mm-hmm. a simple email and i would forward it to the person why do i have to listen to a voice note why do i have to go through all of this <laughs> just fucking send me an email this is what they do you want to be a publicist do it this you understand me yeah
0: Let's just be professional
1: yeah. and 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 forward
0: the thing just forward it do you find that to be true specific of jamaica or do you think that it's true across the generation this generation or the kind of future generation across the diaspora because to be honest sometimes i'm working with people that are younger than me not in dope black women necessarily but just in in my career in general and i do find that there is like they're always looking for the shortcuts or and maybe that's because now i'm in, in the older position and people when i was younger felt like i was looking for the shortcuts i don't know uh, but there is this kind of more relaxed approach to handling things as opposed to dealing with things in, as you said, kind of this more professional manner. And do you find that to be true across, you know, working with people in the UK and working with people in New York or is it something that's specific to Jamaica? Because we do have a bit I, of a time I, I, I think it's generational
1: now in specific, specifically because this generation has a lot of things that are easy mm. for them think they're digital we're in a digital world you know I was like talking like listen I had to take buy Dashware camera take the pictures of the client get them get them cleaned up take them back home scan them then send it to the media house you understand you've got a phone and you just click and it's and and it's fucking hard for you and you can't even do a caption or you understand me like yeah come on it's 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 like (laughs) come on so it is generational and I do think somewhat it is on the island as well. It's it's a Caribbean mm. or or an even when I was in Ghana, it's an African thing because they're just moving so slow, you understand me? Um, and if you want to be in in entertainment, things, you know, things move quickly. Move quickly. People forget, and things move so quickly that people forget, like they'll forget you, they'll forget that they have that call, which is why it's important to send an email. Right. Not a WhatsApp, because they got so much other messages or I or iMessages or whatever just send an email that's why they mm-hmm. made emails email addresses mm-hmm. you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's like, like they don't I don't know they don't get it and, and, and yeah I am older now but I just don't think it's
0: it's just I don't know Me, don't know them just them sometimes <laughs> I <I'm> think <annoyed laughs> about it <laughs> having grown up in all three places pretty much kind of almost simultaneously uh our- do you have a preference do you love all three places equally obviously I feel like you've kind of chosen Jamaica like all people do (laughs) I love yard love yard but I love everywhere it's home why would I
1: be Mm -hmm. stuck in one place when I go to New York I turn into a New Yorker it's home yeah I feel at home when I land in New York it's home when I go home to London it's home you understand me even when I as I said I went to Ghana for the first time uh 2019 2020 I felt at home I just navigated myself around and I guess that's something about me like I have you know my mother always said when you go anywhere just walk like you own it
0: when you're Mm. walking into
1: a room full of no's you own it so if you're going anywhere and you're there by yourself walk in like you own it so that's always been embedded
0: into my brain like so it's home you know what I mean yeah that's amazing that's really great advice actually yeah because I feel like especially for British born Jamaicans, we talk about this on podcasts all the time is that many British people or many British black people don't necessarily feel British. They feel, you know, more associated with where their parents have come from. So Mm -hmm. they identify themselves as Jamaicans or Africans or, Mm -hmm. you know, Ghanaians or Mm -hmm. wherever it is that they've come from. And Jamaicans always feel Jamaican wherever they go. You know what I mean? And it's interesting that, there is this lacking of British identity, which obviously I kind of boiled down to being in white dominated spaces and just not feel, I mean, I I feel so blessed to have grown up in a space where people look like me and I saw women, mm. black women doing amazing things just that, just like me and knowing that that was a possibility Whereas so many of my British friends, um, you know, were not only didn't have those role models, but were actively told that they could never do those things because That's they were right. black you know
1: that's right and it's it's important though for some of these parents to who are in the UK to send their children home that's what I'm saying my mom Mm. always sent me my mother's like she don't care you are go to Jamaica you're gonna learn where you're from you're gonna learn about your culture you is a Jamaican my mom was giving you the story I was with uh, my friend Kai Miller today so she was telling him the story of when my first racism incident at five at school when Charlotte Brand pushed me down and called me chocolate. And wow. I was just like, oh my God, she called me chocolate. And I went home and I was crying to my mom. And my mom said, "We are balfa. You never push <laughs> her back down. She said, let me tell you something. You're gonna push her back tomorrow. You are going back and you're going to find her. You're going to push her down and you're going to call her vanilla. And I said, mommy, I don't want to do that. I can't do that. Ray, Ray, oh. Ray, I can't, oh my God. My mother says you're going to do it. If you, if you don't do it, I'm going to when you, when you get home. I'm going to bust up your clock, right? <laughs> so I went there the next day. My mother found her. Says there she is near the Wendy house, right? <laughs> and I went. It, I went to her. My mother said, "Go and do it to So I went over to her, and I pushed her down. And I went, "No, nah, no, nah, ch- vanilla." And that moment, from that moment, I was empowered. Mm-hmm.
0: I was empowered
1: at age five that nobody is going to tell me about my color or offend me or anything. I have to learn to stand up for myself. I have to learn to stand up for my own rights and that I was different. You understand? I was different. And that's when I realized I was different from everybody else. And this I don't see color shit is bullshit, (laughs) right? So that was my moment of empowerment. That was my moment at age five that I knew I was different and I was a black strong black woman at that
0: time yeah, yeah yeah it's interesting because I grew up in Jamaica and still probably around that same age experienced my first mm-hmm. racist incident largely because I went to uh Jewish prep school Hillel oh I went to Hillel Yo, you went there oh my god I did you? I did you know, my mom isn't Jamaican so she didn't really know any better and I guess my dad was was absent or silent on the issue as to where I was going to prep school although he was adamant that I went to Andrews for high school um, okay big up Andrews high school girls yeah as, a, as part of a legacy <laughs> thing really but, yeah <laughs> so when I remember when I was in prep school I probably no, I was a little bit older than that I was probably in like fifth grade so maybe like eight nine at the time and I was wearing my brownie uniform because I was part of the brownies girl guides. I was and too <laughs> and it, you know, it's a, I don't know if it was like that in England, but it's a brown uniform. So yeah, brown is brown. You, yeah, you're wearing brown on brown. And somebody was like, Well, you look like a piece of shit, don't you? And God. I, same thing, I went home to my mom and I was crying and crying and crying. And she didn't tell me, it's interesting that because she had a different approach where she went in and handled it, but didn't mm-hmm. ask me to handle it. And, and You know, admittedly, my mom didn't have the greatest sense of race relations, Mm -hmm. (laughs) having not been (laughs) Jamaican. And so we never really had a conversation about it. And it's interesting because I feel like I found my I navigated my own way through feeling empowered and identifying myself as a black woman first more Mm -hmm. than anything else. And so it's interesting. Well, it's nice to know that your mom was able to do that in a British space where that could have. But you have to. It's, it's something, and that's
1: the problem why the, the, the youth today and the black women in the UK are having identity problems and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Because their parents are not parenting them. They're making schools parent them. They're making television mm-hmm. parent them. It's an issue. Parents are not parenting their children. They're not mm-hmm. programming them back to reeling them in. They're just letting them learn from internet, from TV, from everything now. There's no pro. They're programming all of us right now. The internet is programming us. The yeah. Instagram is yeah. programming us. And parents and, and 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 families, aunties, uncles, everybody around us has to be has to play that role for your yeah. nephews, for yeah. your nieces, for your children to reel them in and deprogram them again. It takes a village for sure. It Definitely. takes a village. Yeah. It takes a village. So I'm really happy for my village and my strong mother. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because... Mm-hmm. I'd probably be fucked up just like some of the rest of them are right now in, in, yeah. in the UK. Just take your eyes off the internet for a minute, sit back, think, and look at the bigger picture and see what people are doing. See, because I'm in media, you know how to be the puppet master
0: mm-hmm. and you
1: know how they do things. You know how you can put things out there to, to get your audience to buy into it. You yeah. know, it's, it's yeah. not that hard once you've got a lot of money.
0: just it's just that so in terms of because you just highlighted a really good point of how separate we can be in the diaspora and you've obviously operated in all three spaces again simultaneously what would you say is like the one thing that we could learn from each other what's what's the one thing that you can learn from jamaicans what's the one thing you can learn from new yorkers what's the one thing you can learn from uk um brits in terms of how they molded you into who you are now into this like. I love the fact that I grew up
1: in the UK and I'm organized and orderly. Mm. If I, it, it, you know, prompt being on time, being prompt, I respect that. I respect growing up in the UK just for that. Mm. Because I don't think, you know, and. There's certain things that, that you know, that's really a, a cool lifestyle of growing up in the, and you know, I, I've got to give respect. It made me street smart and it also mm. made me respect other cultures. It's, it's a, it's a cosmopolitan city. Yeah. So I went to school with Indians. I went to school with Chinese. I went to school with Arabs. I went to school, you know, college or whatever. So, you know, I went to school with people who were like estate, real hardcore estate drug addicts or whatever in college. Mm. And, and it just made me understand people on a whole and look at people on a wider scale, and understand somebody, and have empathy for different people, and understand different cultures, and respect different cultures, and, mm. and, and that kind of thing, at the same time. And growing up in the UK, you know, you, you, I think Jamaicans don't really know it's like to grow up around white people. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> per se, but everybody's Jamaican, regardless yeah, of where yeah. they are, right? So it yeah. really, yeah, but real,
1: real white, white, white boy. All right, like all right, all right, Winston. And yeah, like, I ain't fucking Winston. You calling fucking Winston? You know, I. They don't they don't know how to attack the whole white racism thing. They don't understand how to how what what makes how a white man thinks, you know what I mean? They don't understand mm. how some of them have grown up or their culture, I'll put it that way. You know what I mean? They would just yeah. look at a white man and feel so that white man have money, I'm wearing, not knowing, you know. So I think growing up between like New York and London as well is just respecting the cultures. Mm. and learning from other people's cultures I I love it yeah I love it it's, it's taught me how to adapt and how to dip and mold into any area of work or society um and they call it what they call it code switching
0: I oh yeah, yeah yeah, yeah I have,
1: that's another one I'm like well I think code switching <laughs> is when you
0: feel the pressure to do it Whereas you are genuinely connected to each of those cultures. And so you do it kind of almost organically, right? You don't speak yeah. your Jamaican accent because you feel like you need to seem cool or dull. Yeah, you yeah. Because that's what comes naturally. automatically.
1: Even if I'm yeah. in front of my African auntie, I be talking to auntie like that. <laughs> and it's just natural. Uh, auntie, I'm sorry, auntie. You know, it, it, it just it's natural. You can't help it.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. So. Whereas I think for a lot of women in the UK specifically, you know, code switching is something that comes up a lot for us in the WhatsApp group. So our space is, I think, especially our WhatsApp group is a place where women do feel comfortable sharing some of the deep shit that they go through on a day-to-day basis. And code switching comes up a lot because, you know, even for me, when I was in the UK, I worked in, a, I worked for a local authority and I worked with majority white people i think i had mm. one black friend there maybe two two black friends there wow and people were always mistaking each other for us bear in mind that one my one friend is mixed race and the other girl is a 50 year old nigerian woman who's like six <laughs> <one>. wow <laughs> so you know none of us look anything alike <laughs> and you know people would mistake us for each other people would be you know, if I wore an African print shirt or an African print pair of trousers, it'd be like, oh, you're very colorful today. And there was an active thing about like, maybe you should tone it down. Um, and I can, I can imagine for someone who didn't grow up in a majority black space or a space where they felt like their identity was reflected, where that shit is demoralizing. Yeah. Like that shit really can grate at you. If you don't have those experiences and that mom to say, you better push back. Yeah. I right, right, but I'll be like, all right, you watch right, Tracy.
1: Like, <laughs> you know, you'd be like, all right, Winston. I'll be like, yeah, how's your mum Tracy and, and your cousin Sharon in, eh? You know what I mean? you, you got to flip it back on them. Yeah. They don't realise, they, they know what they're fucking doing. Mm. They know what they're fucking doing. So I will be like, yeah, we have to bring a bit of colour into this dull grey place. You know what I'm saying? You have to be yeah. quick on your toes with these people because they know what they're fucking doing. Yeah. They know what they're doing. So I, I, I never stood for it. I never had to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So when did I you I never had to do
1: that? I officially moved officially to Jamaica old, when I was 21. I'm old fart okay. now, but when I was 21, I moved. And I just still never thinking about as like, I never had to code switch for none of them because I yeah. refused. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm nice, as nice as you can be. I will work and I'm a team player but if you fuck with me you're gonna hear it did it's people simple. try to fuck with you
0: as like, yeah a yeah. black
1: woman yeah yeah a black black woman
0: yeah so that's yeah. a difference there's a different dark
1: skin you're a dark-skinned black woman in Jamaica and they don't like to see confident dark-skinned black women mm-hmm. in Jamaica mm-hmm. they you you have to be light-skinned to be confident and me I'm not, I'm not
0: for that I'm not about that life Or to be perceived, or even to be perceived as someone who is not quote unquote, well, yeah, quote unquote important, or yeah, someone from money, or yeah, 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 yes, money, yeah, Yeah. I'm somebody.
1: You understand me? So, I, I, as again, it's been programmed into me. My mother has, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. groomed me to know when this obstacle comes and that obstacle comes, how to deal with it. You know what I mean? But again. I, I, I look at things and I, I kind of laugh at them because I really have to pity them more than anything because then they are know no better. Yeah. Some of them yeah. don't know
0: no better. So actually, that's something else I want to talk about because you've been here now since you're 21. And my one of my biggest gripes, which is something I talk about all the time, maybe not in this podcast, but just in general is navigating the dating world as a darker skinned Jesus woman. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and it's funny because you know it for me it's really important that I am not because I'm mixed race you know my mom was mm-hmm. Asian my dad is black mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. any man that said to me you know you're pretty or your hair save you or thank god you have pretty hair that's not an option for me so my pool then becomes very limited to Black men who have a real appreciation for black women and don't Mm -hmm. see it as an advantage to date me because I am mixed race.
1: Well, I've been told, you know, oh, I, you know, you're pretty because you have a straight nose and you have nice hair. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, you're off the radar. Yeah, you understand me? You're off the radar, off the radar, or are you mixed? with something. I'm like, why? Because yes, yeah, so i say, yeah, I'm mixed with Black and African. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. like, this <laughs> is like, you're off the, I don't know. I just, I only date and talk to men who are into me.
0: Yeah. my black
1: For me and respect me. And, and part me of and who you heart.
0: are is being who black. I am
1: as being a Black woman. And yeah. I have, yeah. And I don't hide it. You know what I mean? I'm blackety, mm-hmm. Black, 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 Black. And I'm chocolate <laughs> Black. And I'm dark skin black. And if you don't want to respect that, then, then they're not supposed to be for me. Inshallah, you're not you, you, what what is to be to be. Mm-hmm. You're not for me. Right? Mm-hmm. I, so I have, don't
0: talk to me that don't do that. Don't I mean that's hard to find in Jamaica, in my personal experience. No, that it's has maybe been a little difficult. circles. It might be a circle, sis. It
1: might just be maybe. a little circle. It might, for, might I have to bring you out to the the little circles for it. But you know what? I can tell a lie. I've actually been known for more importation than anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what that mean? Yeah, I actually got friends. I'm like, you love, like, I've never seen you with Jamaican guys. So, said, yeah, I've done Jamaican guys, but I'm a very private girl. I yeah. need to be able to tell a lie. I've dated non-dark skin, more Jamaican guys than my chocolate brothers. My chocolate brothers will be outside okay. my importation. But the guys that are more attracted to me in Jamaica are the, who have some sense,
0: Mm. are the lighter Hugh brothers. That's interesting because I have Mm. been the exact opposite. Is that No matter where I've been, I've predominantly dated Jamaican men. Like it's always, my mom used to say, yo, you're such a Caribbean queen. You you never want to date outside (laughs) of Jamaica or the Caribbean in general. I think I dated a Bahamian once. Yeah, I've dated um, Bahamian, I've dated
1: non-Trini, Bahamian, Turks and Cakers. What's uh, uh, the other small island? Eh? Me and my small island guys, eh? Mm. Um, what's his name? Oh God, what's his name again? Yeah, he's from Tortola. Oh, that's
0: interesting.
1: Uh, yeah, but I swear to God, he thinks he's Jamaican in another life. His personality, <laughs> his bravado is so Jamaican that, you know, everything is he's
0: jamaican but you stay steadfast dude you stay resilient you don't you don't falter when it comes to your standards and how you deal with people as you said you you feel empowered as a black woman to not stand up for that racist shit you don't feel like you need to code switch you don't feed into kind of the uptown narrative of accepting no. the the bullshit that is cheating you don't ever get t- you know I
1: just you know i know I can't be bothered. I just don't get the whole uptown thing is the next thing. It's like, God go with you, sisters, man. I don't understand yeah. how you put up with that bullshit. Go out. God, I love you, but God go with you, man. Well, the, the, the I'm dating
0: now is literally probably the first uptown guy I've ever dated in my entire life. Mm-hmm. So it's a new I mean, and he's as not but as, he's like he's like a, he's like us. He's uptown, balance, but yeah, yeah. Uptown. exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so I, yeah. I don't subscribe to it either i've literally don't i removed myself from that space altogether yeah. as much as i possibly can but you you yeah. know, operate in that space and don't falter you know what i mean usually people who operate no in that space, i just
1: and as i said i have friends from like all walks of life and some of them are really really loud, and people are like oh, you talk to that person i said because i'm me and i just give it to them raw and i just talk to them and i just shut the fuck up you're getting on my fucking nerves now with your ninging <laughs> you, ningy, ningy high pitch uptown what you're That's getting on my nerves One time I was trapped on a boat with all of them and I said, if you lot don't shut up, if I hear one more helper complaint, I'm going to fucking flip you lot off your own boat because you're really getting on my nerves now, you know? And you know, the helper did this. And could you imagine? (laughs) Like, I don't understand how she washed my clothes like that. I'm like, listen.
0: (laughs) I don't have time for that shit.
1: I don't have time for it. And you know, and he was fucking this girl. And then I you're <laughs> Kiki with the same guy. I just really, I can't. I'm gonna flip you lot off the fucking boat if you don't shut the fuck up. Let's have some decent conversations about books and art. Or the latest yes. rapper. Or let's just play some ludi or something. I can't. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Optong girl know how to play Ludi. <laughs> Will Mia teach them? the the tone of their voice annoys me it's like LA girls with a draw yeah you know like how the Kardashians talk
0: that is hilarious um (laughs) (laughs) so yeah the dating thing is wild out here but you seem to you seem to remain steadfast
1: yeah, right um, now, it's just, it's been a non-sexual time for me. It's COVID. Yeah, and what's been going on during
0: no? I left England during COVID. So I left in August, right, as the se- kind of second lockdown was about to happen. And I came in when curfew, I think here, was like maybe 8 p.m. Yeah. and obviously we've been through changes how has it been for you in terms of transitioning because as you said there's like it's a time warp when you come back to Jamaica right everybody's operating in dialogue so what's that been like work-wise for you in terms of it's been the same has it been the same,
1: same. yeah I give thanks that we still are I'm still working I give thanks that I'm in media because I think it's it's elevated us in media and it's also helped me Think a little bit more out of the box of how to produce a live TV mm. show without a live audience, without uh, guests, and doing it via Zoom, which is right. very frustrating. But also trying to teach the host to kind of work with with the with the um the guests, like talk to the guests on Zoom as if you were talking to them live in the studio. You know, it's a bit of a transition, but. It's, it's been good. I, I give thanks. I've been fully occupied with Daytime Live. I've been fully occupied with even podcasting still. Mm. Um, I moved the podcast into a visual aspect during COVID. Amazing. And it's been, it's, been, it's been good. It's been hard, but it's been good, you know. So now I'm trying to up my ante a bit more with um, my blog, with O Access Jamaica. Um, new look and everything and bringing in a few more people to write um, with awesome. me because my, my, my vision is really to have my media to be the media choice for the Caribbean and not to mm. be so typical red golden and green rasta yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean everything has to be reggae oriented the thing with my podcast now I just want to give more insight to my people who I'm talking to um, I think more of that needs to be out there, um, coming from the Caribbean and the African diaspora. I want to talk to more people from the African diaspora as well. And I have a few people lined up for that because it's, in, it's important for me to bridge the gap. And I want to bridge the gap between Jamaica and Africa and my UK peeps and Jamaica as well. You know what I mean? I don't think yeah. Jamaicans really know how it is in the UK for black UK mm-hmm. and vice versa, Hey, so I want to talk to more of um, artists and, and celebrity
0: and influencers in the UK as well. And yeah, it might give some flowers, you know. That was definitely one of the things, you know, when I realized as I was moving to Jamaica, I thought, can I, I was like, how am I going to do this dope Black woman thing? Because we were like a year in, I was like, how am I going to navigate this? And I was like, actually, one of the main things that is so, that I've realized in terms of just my own experiences is how disconnected we all are and Mm -hmm. how we have the capacity to learn from each other just by sharing each other's experiences and so a Mm -hmm. lot of what is great is that I I get to interview dope black women in Jamaica Mm -hmm. that dope black women in the UK and the US can learn about Mm -hmm. what things Mm -hmm. that they might think they know but they don't Mm -hmm. actually know Mm -hmm. and vice versa you -hmm. know and that they Mm -hmm. can actually have a tangible way of connecting with each other as well through the WhatsApp group or when we do online events and virtual events we have people coming from you know black women in turkey black women here black women in the uk just vibing and it's it's a it's a really it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing to see it really mm. is because you think that you know there's always this narrative black women can't get along and mm. we're always fighting with each other but i've i i'm yet to experience that in this space and it's really
1: i I, I get along with everybody as yeah, so yeah i'm the same way like people are like, oh, i can't do so I have some really cool black American sisters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That we just have a little sisterhood And when we're all together. It's just, it's beautiful. You understand me? And some are married, some have children now, some don't, you know what I mean? But we really have a genuine love for each other and 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 a, a really good sisterhood. So I I don't believe that narrative. It's just, again, social media showing you what they want yeah. to show to program you to say that we
0: are, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it, it don't really go so. Yeah, it's just not like that. So, not like that. I think that's actually a really nice way to to wrap up. Actually, so thanks, Odessa, so much for joining us. This was so much more like I fe- I thought it was going to be a really light kind of fun, ca- you know, casual conversation, but we kind of went deep into some things, and I'm really appreciative actually because <laughs> it. I feel like it's helping me understand my own transition into moving mm-hmm. home and and navigating. Um, the space with a certain level of confidence because there aren't many other dark-skinned Black women who are doing what you do and navigating it with the same level of like vigor and um, empowerment that you do so I think it's it's nice to know that it can be done because there aren't many women doing it right so thanks for joining me I really appreciate it and, thank you uh, don't forget to check out Reasonings with Odessa podcast Go if you're in jamaica or not in jamaica because you can watch daytime live on on online as well right right yeah one spot media can watch daytime live you can subscribe to my podcast on youtube
1: or apple podcasts everywhere in the world and if you want to plug your socials, where people can find you, uh, you can find me personally at Oblessa on Instagram, at Oblessa on Twitter, um, O Access Jamaica on Instagram, O Access Jamaica on Twitter, O Access Jamaica on Facebook, and O Access Jamaica <laughs> on YouTube.
0: Yes, Oblessa's oh, access to Jamaica. Yeah so uh, guys thanks so much for joining us don't forget to share and subscribe the podcast wherever you get your podcast from on twitter and facebook we are dope black woman on instagram we're dope black woman one we'll be back with you next week until then stay blessed and unapologetically black all the way black Black blackity black Black blacktastic damn right